、えー、赤い靴履かなくても大丈夫誰もが、ファンの誰もがそう思っているはずですうわっと、危ない危ない危ない危ない危ない危ない危ない危ない Hello and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast with more kapow! Oh, and、uh, Yoshihashi is allergic to gold or something. <laughs> never say kapow! <laughs> My name is Luke. I'm the host of the Never Open Podcast. And with me, as usual, is Andy. Say howdy, partner. Howdy, partner. How was that? That was a little teaser. Howdy, partner. It, it actually was a little teaser, and you don't even know it. So, I mean, it is kind of, I don't know, I do, I do say howdy every once in a while, but you have no idea that you just foreshadowed something, Luke. I wasn't teasing you saying howdy. I, was, I thought me saying howdy, partner, was a little American y with my accent. Obviously, I didn't do it that good because you were just like, he's making fun of me. <laughs> This is why the American accent's not a good idea, Andy. I, I thought we were making fun of Southern people just then. That's what I thought. But I, it turns out that you were making fun of me. Okay, that's fine. America's big, no, <laughs> America's a big country, and I don't know where everything is geographically. So, like, I'll just do an accent, and you'll just be like, who's he making fun of there? I don't know. <laughs> But yes, everyone, welcome to the Never Open podcast.、Uh, I'm Luke. Yes, we've got Andy with us as well. And you can contact us pretty easily online, usually through the Tweety Tweet, seems to be the way to go, which you can catch both of us as Never Open Entity at、uh, at Never Open Pod on the Twitters. Twitters? I can never say Twitters properly. And、uh, you can follow me on the tweets as at Grumpy2EB. That's a number two and an E and a B. And Andy's over, the, over there on the tweets as well as. Uh, Drucifer tweets. So,、uh, you know, rhymes with Lucifer, you, you, you'll do all right. That's right. I, every once in a while, I run into someone that reads that and they go, Drucifer? And I'm like, no, you fucking idiot. Come on. You know, but then I, then I pat him on the back and say, I'm sorry. He made a, a, a legged mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so,、uh, I, I mixed, mixed up the.、Uh, Intro just a tiny little bit there、uh, because we have some news that we're about to cover very, very shortly. Just want to point out that、uh, anyone who watched last night's show will notice that Hiromu Takahashi was absent. He has a,、um, I think, a shoulder injury, nothing serious. I think it was just a sprain or something. He'll be out for,、um, I'm not sure if he'll be back in time for the dates coming up next week, early August. But、uh, he missed last night, and he,、uh, it's assured, we've been assured that he will be、uh, up and raring to go by August 29th for his title match against Taiji Ishimori. So,、uh, awesome. They want to make sure that、uh, he's safe and sound and ready to fight when,、uh, when it's important. So, give him a bit of a rest. What, you, what, what are we going to say? It's hard to tell in New Japan when people are actually injured and when it's just part of a story. It's really hard to tell. And、uh, I like that, you know? Yep. 
Well, yeah, I, they made it seem like uh, Yoshihashi would be out for a while because they put that in the same kind of press release as uh, Yo. But uh, I think it was just more of a thing of, well, we need you to be out for a couple of weeks because Evil's going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Plus, you're Yoshihashi. No one's going to notice that you're gone. But oh, except for except for Luke, who like, for some reason makes fun of you but likes you a lot. There you go. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, uh, there's no Lions Break Collision to cover this week. I'm, we're doing this on for Andy's Friday night for me, a Saturday morning. So. Uh, Lions Break will probably air while we're doing this. Well, there's some news, Luke, actually, about Lions Break Collision. It's over. That's it. That was everything you saw. That was the show. Really? uh, Yeah, that was the last episode last week. And the new show that we talked about a little bit last week, and I had speculated that it would be like the old show on Axis TV that shows classic matches. But the new show apparently is going to be more like the Lions Break. It's just that was kind of a test run. And the new show is called New Japan Strong Series. And that's going to be a L.A. Dojo show. Okay, so it's still an LA dojo. They're getting, they're still getting a show. There's still going to be a weekly show. Yes. In LA, but it's not called Lions Break. Correct. Well, that's good because you probably, if you wanted to get like bigger stars on your show, um, like that can't make it to Japan or whatever, I don't think they, you want them to have them turn up on a lion, young lions kind of themed show. That's fair. Which is, which is. Fair enough. Uh, if this is a way they can, we'll see. I'm going straight to my fantasy of them being of going like, uh, yeah, get Moxley on the phone. Yeah. Well, I heard this week too. But he might not be allowed to wrestle. Sorry, uh, Andy. He might not be allowed to wrestle in America for New Japan on TV. That might be a contract thing. But he might be able right. to work in Japan on Japanese TV. Um, Why? I heard that uh, that Japan, and I'm not positive on this, and I'm not someone that you need to, you should go to for news like this, but um, that Japan is now letting people back in that are citizens or have dual citizenship. So, like for you know, they've kind of had their their borders closed, so to speak, and so you know now folks that uh, can come back in and like and be like quarantined for 14 days that are that still have dual citizenship. So people like Kenta can go back now. Fuck. That is super awesome. <laughs> Good news, I miss right? Kenta. Like, my intro to him might have been Hideo Itami, and I liked him. Mind you, we'll still never realize, we'll, we'll figure out who ran him over in a car. I know. I know. So bugs me. Was uh, it Kevin I, Owens? We don't know. I don't know. I do remember that they did another angle on NXT uh, a while later where they um, someone else got hit by a car, and Kenta tweeted out, stay away from the car park. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have cameras out there unless they carry them. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, I've liked his New Japan run because uh, I think it's been really well booked, especially since the fans just turned on him straight away, didn't they? Yeah. And so what do you do when the fans are turning on your uh, new acquisition? You put him in the friggin' bullet club and have him <laughs> piss people off. It was awesome. So yeah. Um, if Kenta can come back, that's fantastic still leaves out quite a few uh wrestlers but if they're if they're relaxing restrictions enough for 
for Kenter and the like to come back, then uh, maybe in a few weeks' time or a month or two's time, they'll do the same and we will get uh, we'll get Switchblade and G.O.D. and Juice and and all those kinds of people back. Yep. So that's all. That's awesome news. I didn't know that. So hopefully, hopefully by the end of August, Kenta might might be back. That's big. Because we, you know, I mean, we got this show to talk about everything and everything, Luke, but there's kind of been this big news in New Japan, and it's very different and not something that they would normally do uh, these days. What yeah. is what is Kapow? Yeah, so uh, Kapow. It's, <laughs> it stands for King of Pro Wrestling. It's going to be this new title that uh, – will be decided across two nights on uh, August 26th and August 29th. So uh, there'll be some lead-up matches, and then it'll culminate at uh, Summer Struggle in uh, Jingu Stadium. Uh, what is it? I'm like, I'm not 100% sure, but like, unlike uh, any other championship, I'm, I'm kind of reading this off the uh, press release here, uh, unlike any other championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling, this will not have a championship belt it's, and instead uh, be reset at the end of each year. Here are the details. All right, the King of Pro Wrestling will be decided on those two nights. Yep. Eight wrestlers will wrestle in four singles matches on um, August 26th. Each wrestler will bring their own desired match rules to the first round. And Carter suggested that will, there will be all kinds of rules, like two out of three falls or ladder matches or steel cage matches. Could be anything. And uh, fans also have an opportunity to vote on which wrestlers' rules and singles matches, uh, which matches. Oh, <laughs> it's confusing, man. Yeah. So fans will also have fans will like take, say, Okada's choice of match type and his opponent's choice of match type. And they'll just be like, we can vote on this vote. And the winners of those singles matches will advance to a four-way match on August 29 under regular four-way rules, I guess, because that's no DQ anyway. The winner of that match will be the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2020. All right. Sip of coffee. There's a little more. Okay. (laughs) Fuck, that's a lot of reading. Um it's, it's also melting my brain early early this morning. Yes, 9.40 a.m. is, like, early for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the King of Pro Wrestling title can be defended until the end of the year with stipulations to be voted on by fans. The winner of the last King of Pro Wrestling 2020 title match of the year will be presented with the King of Pro Wrestling trophy, and the process begins anew in 2021. So Okada stated that this would provide action that is completely different from what we're expected from IWGP titles and from New Japan Pro Wrestling, but represented a completely fresh approach. So um, I think we, we, we were talking about this, Eddie, on, uh, on the Facebook chat, and I said maybe with their depleted roster, uh, this is a way to kind of keep matches fresh. Oh, we've seen these guys fight in 100 tag matches and 50 singles. Yeah, but you never seen them in a cage, have you? So that might be a part of it. It does seem a little 
convoluted. But uh, I don't know. What do you think about all this, Andy? I'm kind of wait and see right now. It, it yeah. sounds like it could be fucking stupid, but you know they'll probably make it awesome. And and I think just like just like everything in pro wrestling that has the potential for being awesome and or stupid, it will be both. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure we'll get some dumbass shit going on with this, but I'm sure we'll get some awesome stuff too. So you know, it just depends. And you know, something interesting about um, stipulation matches in New Japan is you rarely have them. Rarely, you know, and it's it's strange because they used to do crazy stuff like they I mean, like the last time they were at that uh, baseball stadium, they're going to be on the 29th. They had a ex- no rope exploding, de- uh, you know, barbed wire death match. So they used to do crazy shit, but just it wasn't that long ago that they had their first ladder match in New Japan. So these different kinds of match types are really going to cater to the Japanese audience who doesn't see this kind of stuff in New Japan. So yeah. I, I think that's really going to excite them. You know, we, of course, uh, if you have any experience watching, you know, Western companies, they constantly do different stipulations. In fact, that that's part of the typical formula is your, yeah. your, you know, your good guy loses three times. And on the fourth time he beats the, the bad guy in a, a cage or whatever the stipulation is. So, you know, this will be an interesting way to tell more stories and, a new way, like a new briefcase. It's it's basically going to be like the briefcase where, you know, somebody wins it and then they carry it around and people challenge for it. And then we have these fun stipulation matches. So I'm interested to see what happens. And I hope young boys know how to put up steel cages and stuff. Yeah. Well, they're going to get some experience now, aren't they? Uh, so, yeah. Um, I'm not sure I've seen a ladder match in New Japan. What was the who was in that? Do you remember? It was Kenny Omega and Michael Elgin, and they and and it's crazy. That is actually an excellent match. So uh, that was going to be something I'd recommend at some point in the future. But basically, in the match, Tanahashi was supposed to be uh, going after Kenny Omega for the Intercontinental Title because um, Kenny Omega had beaten. Uh, uh, Tanahashi for it. Tanahashi got injured out, so Elgin stepped in for him, and uh, this is the match where it starts off with with red shoes going something ain't right, something ain't right, and he walks down and pulls up the ring, cur- the ring skirt, and the Young Bucks are under there, and he kicks them out. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's an awesome match. It's really yeah. cool, too, because at the beginning of it, they had this, like, video explaining what the fuck a ladder match is and it's just like the videos you see before the shows nowadays it's pretty cool right so yeah um what was it 2017 g1 when i started i can't remember having seen a cage match i might have seen like some definitely some no dq matches and stuff maybe involving moxley and shit um but yeah and maybe a two out of three falls match with kenny and a carter yeah, something yeah, like okay. that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, stipulation matches like this in New Japan uh, are as rare as hands teeth, I guess. So we're getting a bit more action. I get. Look, I'm I'm kind of excited because I don't see many New Japan wrestlers in these kind of settings. So why not? We'll, we'll, we'll give it a chance. Right now, I'm reading the, the after reading the rules. I'm just like my brain hurts. Like what? But uh, I think it's it might might be something we need to see rather than read yes, read yes. about. 
yeah, I think that it'll look different than it sounds. And obviously, like I said, there might be great stuff. There might be not so great stuff. But I think, you know, it's also a way for them to kind of bring, you know, just more things to their product. And I think that's something that we've seen New Japan doing over the past 10 years is just trying to bring different things and try different stuff. That's what the fucking bullet club is. It's a different thing, you know? So um, they tried a lot of different stuff and we'll see how this works. And since it was Okada's idea, it must be a good one. It must be. Hey, we we were just saying how like they don't really know what to do with him when he's not going for a title or, or something like that. Well, now they've given him something to do and guess what it is. It's him going for a title. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe we need to make sure that Okada has a title at all times so that stuff like this doesn't happen. <laughs> like, don't yeah. give him – he gets no time off because then he comes up with these crazy ideas. Yep. Okada must have been sitting there going, like, this is going to be ages before I get my gold back. I better <laughs> create. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to sound – I don't want to shit on – uh, the IC belt or the Never belt or the United States belt, any of those kind of things. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on them, but they're all beneath Okada. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Totally. Like, he, he doesn't even want, like, he doesn't even want to be double champ. He said it. He's like, I don't care about that belt. I want to be the, I want to be the, I want to be the champ champ, you know? So, uh, they've given him something to do, which is title related. If it ain't broke, I guess don't, don't fix it. This is, Definitely a wait and see kind of situation. Yeah, and the young boys are going to learn how to put up some new shit that uh, that's going to be good for them. So let's uh, let, let's let's move on from Kapow, Kapow. which is Kapow. Um, oh, by the way, if Yoshihashi wins even temporarily the Kapow title, he will be known. Sorry about that. We will be, he will be known as the uh, king of pro wrestling, at least for just a short time. Yes. So uh, expect Yoshihashi to either not even be one of the eight men in this or be in there but not win. That's kind of him. That's him in every match, right? He's, he'll be in there or he won't, but he won't he'll win. Get back, <laughs> he'll get back up. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> I want to believe. I like him fucking <laughs> all that shit. All right, man. Uh, look, if uh, I think everyone's heard enough of Kapow and they want to know a little more of Master Wato. So don't we all? Don't we all? Do you, do you want to be Wato and I'll be interview dude, or do you want to be yeah. interview? Yeah, yeah, I'll be Wato. I, I mean, I've been sitting here for my whole life thinking I wish I could be, you know, Master Wato, or at least ever since I knew about him. So now I get the chance to be Master Wato because, Luke, it is time for the triumphant return of a dramatic reading. Yes, yes, it is. And we live vicariously through Wato because he has awesome blue hair and uh, – Mr. Andy has no hair, and me, I'm very fastly losing mine. So our hair careers are long over, and we do admire those uh, beautiful uh, blue locks. 
off Master Watto. <laughs> now, Luke, okay, maybe this, not. <laughs> this interview is very long, so we're just going to go until it isn't funny anymore, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're doing. Oh, yeah. So okay. this, is, um, this, isn't, this isn't taken off a press conference like the evil one. This is like um, just a fucking normal interview. So I was either going to send you this one, Andy, or I was going to send you the interview with uh, El Desperado and Dowkey. But uh, I think I made the right decision. Oh, we did get a response from Dowkey, though. Uh, Dookie did read this press conference. And did you see his response on Twitter? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. He just... He retweeted the interview and, uh, and then wrote uh, uh, above it, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, that was great. Uh, so without further ado, 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 one of those, uh, let's get started. All right. Don't know if I've got uh, 40s uh, interview voice, but... Uh, so, let's get started by talking about your official debut, July 11 and 12 in Osaka Joe Hall. How was that experience? Oh, man. Like, I was finally back. It was great to show fans a new side of me. But at the same time, it was like, okay, man, the real fight starts now. <laughs> we saw signs that you were coming on June 15 in that teaser video. Yeah, man. So we found out later that it was you in that video, but you were doing some moves we don't normally see from Japanese wrestlers. Right, man. It was something different, I think. Uh, a neat little way to show myself. I would have liked to have done more to show myself in that ring, but then a certain someone showed up. <laughs> just... <laughs> Uh, my wife came in and just gave me coffee. I think she's wondering what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just as you gave your first address to fans on July 3rd, there was Dowkey with that iron pipe. Man, I, there was only one thing for after that. So, that brought us to Osaka. <laughs> Dowkey Dowkey was like, we're probably doing the whole thing now. I'm just going to cast a laugh. Dowkey was laughing laughing at you backstage after that, asking if anyone had had such a pathetic debut. Man, we both have shared past in Mexico, but I didn't think he would be lying and wait for me like that. That first moment back to any wrestler is important, but it was uh, a bit different to what you had envisioned. Yeah, I talked about reaching the very top in New Japan, and uh, I had plans to challenge Hiromu Takahashi right out the gate. But when Dookie showed up, that poop head, and became LK first him, then everybody else, one by one, Mr. Interviewer. I like that. It's like, I'm going straight to the top. The lowest rung on the ladder. <laughs> I'm going to fight everybody in order. Like, um, you could just beat Dalkey, then go for. Uh, never mind. Just, hey, just, Mister Mister Interviewer, I don't know why you're making fun of my answers, but I, I, my name is Master Wado, and I'm from Japan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dalkey has steadily grown his footprint here in New Japan over the last year. What is it like to step in the ring with him at New Japan at the New Japan Cup final? 
Man, his feet stink, too, I'll tell you what. Uh, his moves pack a bigger punch than I was expecting. I didn't know. I, I don't, <laughs> especially his damn kicks with them stinky feet. I don't think I was in that much trouble during the match, though. Uh, but his daybreak DDT definitely came as a little bit of a shock, I'll tell you what. If you were to give yourself a grade on that match in terms of how much your potential you were able to show, what would you say? Well... If I think about it, I'd say 60%. I think is how you say that. I don't think that's all of what Master Watto is. I want to gradually show off more of what I can do, especially now that I have an opponent in mind to take down. He did have an opponent in mind to take down. It was Romu. Never mind. Uh, we saw some moves and uh, some kicks from you that we don't normally see in pro wrestling. Well, I thought those kinds of strikes would be interesting to see in, like, a wrestling match. I, I want to create a blend of wrestling, MMA, that's that uh, ultimate fighting stuff, a karate, karate, excuse me, and kung fu. That's what Bruce Lee did. He did that kung fu. You remember that? Uh Yes. yes sorry, Are you, you all right, Mr. Interviewer? You keep making weird noises. I don't know what's going on. I'm just Master Watto from Japan trying to answer <laughs> some questions. I don't know what the big deal is. A real hybrid. We saw quite a bit of lucha from you as well. How would you sum up your style in the ring? Well, I think mostly strikes, about 50%. Uh, and then 20% is going to be grappling and the rest, I can't count. I don't know how many more percents left, but the rest of it will be the high-flying wrestling. That weirds my brain out because, like, all right, so he said he did about 60% against Dalkey. So does it mean he only did, like, 40% strikes and then 20% grappling? Or was it – because it equals 70 right there. Or did Mr. he do the 50% strikes and then 10% grab? Ne- never mind. Mr. So Interviewer, back- I learned my math from Scott Steiner, okay? I've been watching <laughs> Scott Steiner for my math. So your backbone is in those kicks. Yeah, I'd say so. If I think of new moves, I'm always thinking, you know, uh, or double team combo nations is what they call them. I'm usually thinking about kicking. I like kicking. You finished the match with a face buster from a powerbomb position. Well, that's not a kick. You're right. Uh, but that's not a move you see a lot in Japan, uh, like lately. So I thought it would be good to stick people with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think what Wado actually said was, I thought it would stick with people. I actually, I don't, don't correct me. My <laughs> name is Master Wado, okay? <laughs> <laughs> So you're thinking about how to be original every step of the way, except maybe 60%. Well, that's you know, there's some percentage. I don't know percents and that math stuff, but uh, I definitely want to show people things they haven't seen before. But, man, I, I don't know if I have time to do it because all I'm doing is talking to you. And that top rope maneuver you're calling RPP? Uh, yeah, a lot of people fly by jumping up in the air and waving their arms around and stuff like that. With that move, I jump outward, like that means out, like towards, and and, and twist in the midair, and it's similar to the kind of move that uh, 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Soberano Jr. Uh, does. But other than that, it's pretty different to anything else. Uh, with your voice, I can understand why Dalkey wanted to beat the shit out of you. Uh, so, uh, it's a gorgeous move, but high risk. Did it take a lot of practice? Well, hell yeah, it did. What do you think this is? It started out as something very different. I was just flipping and flopping all over the place, but then I got in control. And I was thinking of something. Like an inverted stardust pressed. I don't know what the hell that is, but I'm going to invert it. And there'd be like a splash at the end. But the more I tried different things, there were like more rotations. And then it came became like the RPP. What does RPP mean? Well, it, it does stand for something. But, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not ready to tell you all about that. I mean, when will the time be right? You'll know. You'll, you'll find out. Before you can even take in the satisfaction of winning your match with Dauki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru came along and uh, hit you with a backdrop. Yeah, I said in my backstage comments that Suzuki Goon sure love jumping people. In my mind, I was thinking, again? <laughs> certainly, being the, <laughs> certainly being the new face makes you a target. When it comes to Kanu Maru, he uh, obviously uh, is a tremendous wrestler, but I want to outdo him and come out on top. I have a lot of options for finishing moves, not just RPP, and you don't know what that stands for, but I do. Uh, I'll fight him at any time. I'll tell you what. You said Osaka, you said after Osaka that it seemed as if Suzuki Goon were coming for you, so you'd take them all on. Desperado was dismissive, though. Well, uh, the very fact that he had uh, to respond says that he got an eye on me. He looking at me with that eye. Uh, when I beat Kanemaru, I'll really be on their radar, and then they're going to be all looking at me with their eyes. <laughs> it, it was uh, Some of these fucking questions, dude, they don't end in question marks. They're just like... Here, here's, here's a comment made by interviewer. Respond to that, please. All right. All right. Was, well, we, need, we need to wrap this up because this is going way too long. I need time to do my flippy flops, all right? And you need time to figure out what RPP stands for, too, I think. I know. You don't know. I know. So do you like having PP? This is it's very immature of you, an uh, uh, announcer, interviewer guy, and I don't appreciate you making fun of me because, you know, I may be laying in wait for you. You may find out what RPP stands for by getting RPP right up in your face. Yeah, that, <laughs> that just reminds me of that, uh, that uh, shot someone put off, uh, on Twitter of Yurimura's uh, face. Uh, when he was in a submission hold, but his face was like right near Suzuki's butt. Uh, that was pretty funny. So, look, uh, it was uh, Hiroshi Tenzan coming out to make the save for you after Katamaru attacked, which is quite the surprise. This ain't even a question, but uh, you're telling me I, I wasn't expecting Kanemaru, and then I didn't expect Tenzan either. When I saw him, I was wondering, where's Breadman? You know, but I yeah. think I, I had a triple take. <laughs> yeah. Is there something in particular that connects you two? Hmm. Well, I guess we're both from West Japan. He kind of talks like me, too. Uh, it, the place that we're from is called Kensai. So I guess uh, that's a bit of a link. Either way, 
I'm glad to have him on my side. You seen Tenzon? Man, he's turning it on. I love him. <laughs> he said he'd back you up with everything he has. Well, that's weird, but, uh, you know, I never for a second expected it, uh, like I said, a second ago, uh, but I'm really happy that he's here. I'd like for us to both to go on this journey together. It's definitely an interesting combination. The wild bull and the weight of the grandmaster. (laughs) It's definitely exciting. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is a really long interview. Yeah, I need to wrap it up here. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, so look, uh, I, I have to go. My planet needs me. You need your PP. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll conclude this, uh, master Wato and maybe we'll just put the uh, rest of the interview up on, uh, on the website head. How's that sound, mate? Well, I'll tell you what, I just appreciate you talking to me, even though you're terrible at your job, but, you know, I'm a good guy with blue hair, so I got to tell you that, you know, you're good at your job, which is not true, oh but I God, just appreciate... Dalkey was right. Shut the I, fuck up. Hey, man, color blue, that's my shit. And uh, <laughs> I just want to tell all the Master Watto fans out there, you know, you lead, I'm leading you the way to the Grand Master, so you just follow me, and you follow me. And, uh, and we'll have ourselves a good time kicking bad guys in their daggone faces. Tell you what. Oh, my God. Oh, please and never speak to me all the time like that. That would I would never be able to take you too seriously. I'm sorry, Southerners, he... with that kind of accent normally. <laughs> I'd probably take you seriously, but I know he's putting on a voice, and it's kind of like... Well, is this over or what? Because I'm still talking like this. I don't understand. <laughs> yes, it's over. We're moving oh, okay. on. Okay, all right. Hey, that's Andy. I'm back. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, we're near the end. Oh no, I'm, it's halfway through. It's a pretty decent interview. I know we made a bit of fun of him, but uh, <laughs> I didn't. De- I didn't know what no. you mean. <laughs> but uh, you, I think uh, it's obvious you and I have been on the Wato train uh, since he since he started. I think we had the same opinion of him on, on his debut that we do of the Kapow title. Uh, let's see we'll what see. he can do. Yeah, we'll see. So, he's, he's doing fine. And, you yeah. know, it, it's fun to do the, the jokey jokes and everything. So, you know, we're just trying to mix in some stuff so that this show isn't boring. Because if it's just us going, you know, talking about results and stuff and our opinions, it could be a little boring. So we want to make it fun. Tell it's you also, what. It's also something we can squeeze in on a, uh, a one-show show. Yeah, that's right. We're only covering one show. Uh, yes, this is your second episode of the week. Uh, Charity was just going, wait a minute, you doing another one already? I was like, yeah. <laughs> there's a show to on, there's the show on Friday, and then there's no shows until uh, whatever day August sixth is on. Right, so yeah. we get, and then there's four shows in a row. So that's either going to be a, a lot of fun. Or a little grueling, depending on the match lineups, which we have not gotten yet. We'll get into a bit of that. Uh, I think uh, unless I'm checking the rundown because I always jump the gun. No Kojima tweet this week. Uh, In place, we had the Master Water interview. So, you know, I I don't want to give away too much Kojima, you know. So you you can always have too much bread. There'll be be a bit of Kojima – uh, later on in the show. Oh, and in the next match, actually. So right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> so Summer Struggle, night three. Uh, they had a house show on Wednesday. You know, if it's not recorded, 
It's not canon, so you don't really need to worry about that, anyone listening. So, Summer Struggle, night three, we have Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Hiroki Goto, and Toriyanu versus Gabriel Kidd, Yotosuji, Yusuke yeah. Taguchi, and Satoshi Kojima. And uh, I, was a, I was a little surprised. I thought uh, they were doing something with bo- uh, both Kidd and Makabe, but maybe they can put that on the back burner a little bit. But instead, uh, Kidd, who'd been tagging with him last week, is now going, who's the never-as-fuck opponent on the other side of the ring? Yeah, it could be Goto, but when you want to show how tough you are, you got to pick a fight with Ishii. So that's exactly what he does. He's all fired up too. I think even even when the match ended, uh, which we'll go into in a little bit, he was standing on the outside just waving his arms at him going, come on! He's fu- <laughs> he's fucking fired up, Gabriel Kidd, and I love it. So uh, he goes after Ishii, which is really good. There's, uh, there's all sorts of like fun stuff you expect. There's some fun uh, Taguchi stuff with his with his butt. I did ask you I did ask because uh, Taguchi's in the been in the first match uh, a couple times in the last week. I said, how's it feel waking up early in the morning and seeing someone attack someone with his ass? And he said it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's and, pretty uh, cool. I agree. Uh, well, the, I like I like Taguchi a lot. Yeah, one of the things that he was doing is that he was bouncing around like he was a boxer or an MMA fighter. But you know how like they'll do little ghost, you know, ghost punches and and kind of uh, you know whatever. What do you call that? Uh, boxing, like fake boxing, you know. So they'll be kicking and stuff like that. But he was just thrusting his butt and turning around and stuff like that and like showing his butt to his opponent. It was awesome, and I was happy to see fucking Suji back. And man, Luke, Suji's doing all the moves. Yeah, Suji is. Uh, look, I I look forward to the when uh, Suji is uh, advanced enough in the Young Lion uh, program that he can get a haircut. Aww. Uh, it's a quite of a a messy mop of hair that definitely needs some color in it or to maybe be shaved on one side or something. Like, I think that'd be kind of cool or whatever, but uh, he's definitely got young lion hair. Sometimes sometimes young lion hair is short and that's it. And sometimes it's like a big mess. But uh, yeah, he's sitting in, he's sitting all kinds of moves. Uh, he's putting it all together, Yoda Suji, in my opinion. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I never know how long like a young lion is a young lion for. I think it's different, isn't it? Case by case kind of basis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's different for different people, of course. But Yoda Suji's definitely, definitely uh, ramping it up. I will say that Yano uh, takes the turnbuckle off, as he always does, and he, he gets thrown into it twice. Uh, once, I think, by uh, Satoshi Kojima himself, or Satoshi Kojima gets out of the way and uh, he, hits the, he hits the things and then the, the, uh, the, the exposed turnbuckle and then... Uh, yeah, no, hits it again, but I love this because he doesn't really need to do. He doesn't really need to do it. He could just do the roll up and that's it. But no, the fair play on uh, Yoda Suji, which is my finishing name for Yano's real finishing move, which is not a schoolboy. It's a punch to the nuts. Yeah. So so a fair play on uh, Yoda Suji, and Yano picks up the win. 
I did notice that there wasn't much Taguchi Ishii fun in this match as there was last week. So you you were right, it seems. It was just like a, a mini feud to make the tag team matches a little more exciting, which worked. Uh, I kind of wish we got that match, though. Uh, strong style versus butt style would have been <laughs> awesome. And uh, I'm not joking. I think that would have been really cool. Totally. Yes, yes. Those guys are both awesome. That'd be a great match. And... I don't know if we've said this before, but usually, you know, Taguchi is a comedy character, but usually uh, during the best of Super Juniors, he like turns that, you know, crank and gets into that that next gear and becomes like one of the best juniors in in New Japan. So, I mean, he, he is like the MVP of the juniors and always makes everyone look awesome. I love Taguchi. Yep. All right. So, uh. We've got our second match here, which is uh, Togi Makabe and Tomoaki Honma. GBH, man? Yep, versus Sonata and Shingo Takagi. Takagi, two belts. So, look, this was highlighted for me, especially since the homework I did this week, which we'll get into after we've talked about the show. But, wow, Honma was all over the place in this match, wasn't he? It's a no, good one. It's a good match. But, you know, I think the point of this match is to solidify Sonata and Shingo as a heavyweight tag team because yeah. they just beat GBH, and that's a big deal. And what GBH is is a former faction called Great Bash Heel, which kind of dwindled down to the two members, Hanma and Makabe, who became – they just called their tag team that. And they have been one of the most successful tag teams in New Japan over the years. Yeah. So it's pretty good. I'm a I see some Shingo and Makabe teasers, but there's nothing major in that there. Uh, I would be fine, totally fine with a Shingo Makabe match. I think that'd yeah. be a pretty solid choice for a never open uh, title match. A uh, lot better than look. Goto's been around the title for a lot lately, so I'm I'm happy if he cools off on it just a little bit, and uh, I. Don't want to see Yoshihashi win the belt. So, yeah, I I don't think I want to see Makabe win it too, but I'd be more than happy to see Makabe versus uh, Shingo. But we're still – I think they're busy setting up them as a tag team, but what they're not doing is giving me what I want, which is <laughs> I want to know who the fuck is fighting Shingo next. Uh, we have uh, – eventually we have a skull end. I did it right. Yeah. Because uh, for weeks now, we've been calling it the Cold Skull. Which it's we know incorrect. it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it is Skull End. Then he taps out Honma with that. Uh, Honma nearly dropped Sonata a, a time or two as well. So um, wasn't Honma's night. I guess, you know, I guess not everyone is at their best every single night. Everyone has an off night, I guess. Uh, anything you want to add about this match? No, I thought it was pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen here. But, but Luke, you know, just calm down. All right, take it easy. I think Shingo is one of the only fighting champions in New Japan uh, as far as, like, there's only a couple championships in New Japan right now because, they're, you know, half of them are all over the world. So they have to do something with them. They're not just going to let him sit there and do nothing. So don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, so we don't know what's going on with the six-man titles yet. Is did they did they just decide to retire that title? I don't know. I kind of hope uh, so. 
I never liked yeah. them. I, I know they're just there's too many titles, and then they made those, and I was like, oh my god, how many titles do we need? You know, and then they made the you know the United States Championship, and now they're making the Kapow. So to me, I think that they should drop the the never six man tags because I don't get what the point of those are for. What was they even for? You know, I guess it's just a way to make some of those. Um, uh, tag team matches just that little bit more interesting during a normal show but yeah that's all been the kibosh on that's been put on it because of evil's defection look we're not getting a super junior tag team title match at the moment because yo is injured we're not sure what's happening with that or even how long yo is out tore his acl i'm pretty sure that's a uh, uh, uh tough injury and he'll be out for a while so i wouldn't be surprised if they just keep them on Rapongi and just put it on the back burner or they eventually have to um, vacate or something. Well, I, I heard some news about that actually this week. Um, yeah. <clears throat> during the Kapow, Kapow! During that um, that interview, the like uh, chairman guy or whoever he is, I'm sure I should know his name, but I don't, he mentioned that, the, uh, that those tag belts need to be defended once every six months along with all the other belts, but they're not counting the time that new Japan was closed against those champions. So, yeah. So they have plenty of time still. And, uh, you know, to figure out what they want to do with that stuff. Mm hmm. But in effect, you've got three titles, um, three new Japan titles that yeah. aren't really doing anything. Uh, one's injury, uh, one's story and one's COVID because, uh, uh Mox has the United States title and, as we said at the start of the show, I don't think he can be on a New Japan show on American TV, if that makes sense. It's it's some kind of weird thing. Like, they can do shows in Japan and have that be televised all over the world and stuff, but I don't think they can do... I don't think Mox can go to an American show and, and do that. Unless they, unless they ask, like, hey, is it all right? Because... You know, we need it, we need that title. But as you said, six months, like anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, they're not counting that 110 days, which is what? Three months? Just I over three months. We've yeah. already established I don't know math today. So. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, that's three titles that um, in limbo at the moment, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. All right, moving on. We've got uh, the Golden Ace. Uh, Tanahashi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi with Wato, yeah. Tenzan, uh, Wato, Hiroshi Tenzan and Yuya uh, Yo Uramura, sorry. <laughs> uh, his name is just, his name is a little, Yuya Uramura is, yeah. So look, I don't mind if he comes back from excursion with his name. That's fine. That's his name. That's that's perfectly fine. But if he wants to call himself something completely different, like I hope Alex Cobb, Cobb that Alex guy from LA Dojo does, <laughs> like just just so to make it a little easier for me to talk good. <laughs> but uh, on the other side, we've got Suzuki Goon, which is Dauki, Yoshinobu Katamaru, El Desperado, Zack Sabre Jr., and Taichi. And... It's a bit of a major Suzuki Goon beatdown, and it's watching this match where I think to myself, "All right, I'm enjoying it. It's good, but I'm ready 
I'm ready for the special matches to happen now. I'm ready for Dangerous Techers versus Golden Ace, uh, the title match. I'm ready for Wato versus uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I'm 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 re- ready for those to finally happen. But uh, I do think this match is really good because it tells an interesting story, mostly revolving around Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi gets his fucking ass kicked in this match big time. Like, it's fucking crazy. And you've even got uh, Yurimura kind of, like, grabbing his arm and trying to help him to the ropes, you know, helping him on, which I thought was cool. But, yeah, Tanahashi's getting a beat down, and Kota Ibushi's got this fucking stone-cold, you know, look on his face. He does that sometimes. He might be a pretty boy, but sometimes you look at his face and you, you're pretty sure you can see like a stone cold killer right there, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And by the end of this match, Tanahashi was just dead on the floor. <laughs> and I yeah. just, I'm sorry. I just I know I'm supposed to feel sympathy for him, but when he played when guys play dead like that, it's really funny to me. <laughs> so because yeah. he was just dead, he wouldn't move. <laughs> And like Kota Bushi's yeah. standing over him like motherfucker. If you don't move, we're gonna have a problem. So. Watto's probably just standing there going, "Well, at least they're not beating the shit out of me this time." That's not what yeah. he sounds like. <laughs> at least it's not beating the shit out of me. Hey! There we go. Uh, <laughs> but it's still a pretty cool match. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I I like I, I'm ready for the feuds to kind of come to a head, but I do like the story told here because Kota Ibushi uh, looks like he's losing faith in his idol. In case anyone doesn't know, um, Tanahashi uh, Kota Ibushi idolizes like the ground that Tanahashi walks on. He's like one of his favorite wrestler, right? So to be in a team with him, really big deal. It's not turning out the way he thought, and while <laughs> Tanahashi's laying dead on the outside. Kota Ibushi just walks away, and this is really good shot of Kota walking away and Tanahashi on the floor. So that was good. I liked the match, but yeah. Matches I'm ready to happen. I'm ready to move on to. I mean, it's like, you know, we've seen this exact match with one or two little different iterations, I think four times now. So it's kind of time minutes. to time to move on so uh you know they did a good job with this and i get where they're going and everything it is interesting too because the story of koto Ibushi's inability to maybe believe in tanahashi mirrors what the fans have maybe thought about tanahashi too so you know it's it's uh you know that's kind of the story they're telling so it makes a lot of sense it's just like all right how long does it take yep. to tell this damn story come on yeah so we've got cleaning and disinfecting all that kind of shit after that match, which usually happens, you know, throw to a commercial, I'll throw to the, uh, the commentary team for a little bit, and then we'll move on. So after the cleaning, we've got, oh my fucking God, it's not even been a remix for these, man. Not even <laughs> something a little fucking different. I, look, at least they're doing things in the Suzuki-Gun uh, miscellaneous group matches. Uh, I say miscellaneous group because... Tano Ibushi, Wato Tencent are not uh, affiliated with any of the New Japan factions. So they're the miscellaneous group. So that was a good match. They managed to at least do a spin on it to keep it interesting and at least move some plots forward. 
<sighs> Show Anakata versus Gato and Yujiro Takahashi. It was fine. I'm ready for this feud to end. But what keeps this match in- interesting? Oh, tell us, Andy. There's a man who comes out to save us all. Save us all with his fair play. Oh, yeah. Yano makes the save in this match. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they, um, you know, Gato's cheating. You got Master Heater out there, too. And fucking, what does Yano do? I can't remember. It was so early, and I was so tired. I But I just remember Yano actually helped his friends, which is, like, not a thing he does. So what happened? No. He, he, he comes out. I think he takes out um, Jado, probably with a low blow or something. Look, I it's I know we're doing a show where we cover New Japan, but I swear to God, when this match started, I was just like, holy shit. And then, you know, Charity was in the ribs. So I was just like, let's have a conversation. Uh, wasn't even wrestling related. We're just talking. And then, then you're just like, oh, my God, Yano's out. You said it to me on Facebook. And I'm just like, holy shit, he is. So I'm pretty sure he took out Jado, but I definitely know that he did the fair play on Gato. Yes. And uh, show put... Go ahead, I'm sorry. When and Which was really hilarious, because I uh, like how Gato sold the, uh, the the fair play shot. <laughs> and then uh, armbar and show taps out Gato. Uh, bit of a surprise, as you said, for Yano to come out and save people, but uh, we really needed something, because, look... I give them credit for their opening matches with the mix, mi- how they've been mixing up uh, the Chaos guys, by which I mean uh, Yoshi, Ishii, Goto, and Yano. They've been doing different combos of those four in different tag matches. Uh, I kind of appreciate that. Uh, Suzuki good matches look they're mostly the same, but they're mixing that up too. I'm fine with that as well. But they. I'm sick of showing my card versus Gato and Yujiro. Please, please stop. Uh, I, look, I want I want Dangerous Takers and the Golden Ace feud to end because I'm ready for that title match. I'm ready for it. Like, I want to see it. I'm, I'm ready for ya, ya, uh, not Yano, Wato versus Kanemaru. I'm ready. Uh, I don't need another Yujiro Okada match. Uh, I don't. Uh, that's pretty much where I'm at, and I'm, I'm done. Let's go. All right. With, the next match, which I have to assume would have been a six-man tag, and and then it would have been, yes, another kind of very similar match. But Hiromu's out uh, at least for a week or two just so they can keep an eye on him and make sure that he'll be in tip-top shape for the Jingo Stadium match. So it's just a straight-up tag team match. We've got uh, Bushi and Naito versus Evil and Ishimori. But uh, Dick Togo does come out with Evil and Ishimori on the outside, looking kind of like a Miami Vice villain or something like that, with that kind of uh, baggy suit look and the the beret hat. Um, <clears throat> it's a fine match. Like the, these four these four boys work really well together. Uh, what I do I do like the Scorpion Deathlock that uh, Evil does because I think most people. Don't do the Scorpion Death Deathlock. They they just cop not copy that, but they just do the um the Bret Hart move, you know, the sharpshooter. Whereas uh, I was always a bit more of a Sting fan, so uh, I always appreciate seeing the Scorpion Deathlock applied. Look, it's a it's a fun solid match, but the wrestler without a story gets pinned. Oh no, he doesn't. That's a lie. 
he submits to the Scorpion yeah. Deathlock. What do you think of this match? <laughs> I just loved uh, Naito and Evil stepping in the ring first and just smiling at each other like, hey. It, you know, they were looking at each other. And in kayfabe, they're smiling because they get to fight each other. In real life, they're smiling because they get to fight each other. You know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. like this cool multi-layered thing. And I'm really happy for those guys to get to do a program together because I'm sure they've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, like, backstage they're always kind of excited when there's a bit of a change-up because we're just like, oh, we get to wrestle each other. How cool is that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine. Uh, Evil Inishimori win. Uh, not really much else to see here. Uh, the, look, it's funny too because I'm I'm ready for some of these feuds to end, and I think they'll be ending in the next few weeks. I'm 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 not a hundred percent sure. This is just me talking out of my butt, but I think we'll get a Dangerous Takers Golden Ace match, maybe in the next block of shows next week. I'm pretty sure we'll probably get a Wato Kanemaru match there as well. However, the uh, Evil Naito feud will just keep on going until August 29, because that's where the title match is. Same with Ishimori and Hiromu. So, oh man, they've got to do something to kind of mix that up. Uh, they they will they will yeah. and 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 our main event tonight's an example of that I think you know that yeah. they're trying to trying to work these feuds in and and trying to give us a little taste of stuff here and there yeah because uh, look the big reason to watch this show look you will know we're we're always going to watch this show anyway like that's just a given but the reason to watch this show is the main event, which I thought was fucking fantastic. And it's got uh, Yuji Nagata versus Minaro Suzuki. And how do you like to start a match? How do you like seeing a match start, Andy? Do you like seeing them kind of circle each other? Do you like seeing them kind of like, or oh, maybe some chops or the, like they'll try to do some maybe amateur wrestling stuff on each other? Or do you like something more like in this match where they go straight to boots to the face? <laughs> The opening sequence is awesome because they just, you know, there's a couple forearms, then there's boots to the face, then there's hit the ropes and boots to the face, and they just continue until Suzuki's on his knees and the god is standing there going, "What's up, motherfucker?" Pretty good stuff. Yeah, uh, this is this match is never as fuck. Uh, I'm not totally. sure if either member have been in that kind of picture, but the style this is very much a never open style of match. It's lots of brutal strikes and punching and stuff. But Suzuki does decide that some leg torture would be fun. So he works fucking Suzuki's... Uh, Suzuki. He works uh, Nagata's leg you know, in quite a lot of brutal ways. You know, just as Suzuki does, trying to rip that leg off, which is pretty fucking great. Oh, my God. Yuji Nagata, Nagata one-time uh, never-open-weight champion, by the way. Yeah. Okay. That, will, that makes sense. I can I can definitely see him having that. I know he's a multiple-time IWGP champ as, as well. Uh, not sure if Suzuki's held a never title, but uh, he'd be perfect for it, I think, too. So I, I love this match. I'm. What did you 
did you like this match more than their say their tournament match from almost a month ago or do you, th- you like this one better what do you think Andy? oh man that's tough because that tournament match was kind of like breaking the seal on wrestling yeah. you know so like that i really has a special place in my heart i think i'll remember that one longer than i'll mm-hmm. remember this one however uh this one did something awesome to me um i've all you know this is how i can tell i love a match is it's all of a sudden over and I'm like, what happened to the time that I just spent? I thought this was seven or eight minutes when I watched it. That's how it felt to me. And it's it's a 20 minute match. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's over. I thought the, I thought it was really short because I just got lost in it. I thought it was fucking awesome. These two guys just beating the shit out of each other. There's very little downtime in it, and it's you know it's just it's the it's an old guy version of a hot shot match. It's fucking awesome. Very few rest holds. And stuff like that. Like, I know Suzuki does a lot of submission holds, but it never looks like he's putting on a rest hold because it always looks like he's trying to rip out whatever he's doing to his opponent, you know, like the arm or the, the fucking uh, the leg or sleeper holds and stuff. He's 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 different like that. Like, it never feels like a, a rest hold city. There's no re- there's very little rest holds in this no. at all. This is just all punch, kick, suplex punch kick submission they just fucking beat the shit out of each other but suzuki manages to put on the gosh style pile driver and he gets his revenge after losing to yuji nagata in the new japan cup and then uh after the match (laughs) we had to wait a little bit but the translations came which is really nice because usually when uh, the main event happens in new japan whoever wins and it usually cuts a promo. So it's Suzuki's turn to turn. And he's like, none of your strikes, none of your punches, nothing you did even hurt me. Ha, 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 you suck. <laughs> and you're just like, damn, what an asshole. And uh, then he then he teases the fans and shit saying, I've got a surprise. I'm not telling you what it is, but I've got a surprise. And you know what that made me think, Andy? I, I don't know. What? All right. How would you feel? Manara Suzuki versus Shingo Takagi. Oh, that'd be amazing because uh, Suzuki is actually a one-time never open weight champion, just like Yuji Nagata. So he does have that pedigree of doing it. And I would love to see that match. I don't know if we saw that in the G1 or not. I feel like they were in opposite blocks. So I don't think we've seen that match yet. Yep. Also, it could be that the King, which is uh, Suzuki's, kind of nickname it could also be mean that the king wants to also be the kapow champ the king of pro yeah. wrestling so that, that's probably more likely i would think but you never know yep so that, that's easily match of the night for me uh, followed by the uh, miscellaneous versus uh, suzuki goon match for me solid solid show like that's fine i'm ready i'm ready for some feuds to kind of come to a head and all that uh, I think if Kenta is cleared to come back, that'll take, what, two, three weeks before we can see him. That's plenty of time for him to come in August and uh, uh, freshen up the whole Bullet Club LIJ feud, you know, things like that. But, yeah, solid show, worth it uh, for everyone just to watch Nagata Suzuki. It's fantastic stuff. And also to see the Tanahashi Kota Ibushi stuff as well. All right, so that was a fun show, but uh, 
that wasn't all the wrestling we watched this week. No. Uh, real quick, though, just a couple yeah. things I want to mention. One is, is that the next shows we'll be covering will be uh, starting on August 6th through the 13th. And there's like a hundred shows between in that like seven day period or, or whatever. Yeah. Seven day period. So we'll be covering all those. And I just wanted to real quick mention something to, to the listeners. Um, you don't necessarily have to have new Japan world to watch a lot of this stuff. Um, we're about to talk about a bunch of different matches. Um, and most of these are on dailymotion.com. I mean, I don't work for them or whatever, but they have almost every major new Japan match on it. Sometimes it's in HD. Sometimes it isn't, but a lot of, the stuff we're talking about you don't have to watch on new japan world and new japan world has this thing called vtr and a vtr is like a it's like a promo video that includes like what happened in the match so they usually have those up on new japan world for free so you can kind of watch some of those for free and they have a bunch of matches up there for free so i'm just trying to you know if there's people listening they're like well i don't have new japan world what the hell you know i'm just trying to say like you know there's other ways to watch it you know and then there's of course other means you can also find it by other means but um but yeah we have some youtube as well though dude if you follow new japan pro wrestling on youtube every week they give out a free match so that's also a good way to dip your toes in uh, see what new japan's all about Um, i don't know if they've got a playlist full of all their free matches but it makes sense if they did so yeah they've got free matches on their youtube uh, channel as well uh so they're never it's not always recent matches like they might the matches might be six months or more old usually because uh, they want to, they don't want to give out their new shit for free uh, which is totally understandable but they've got a lot of old shit they can uh, dangle in front of your eyes and go this is why you want to come up jump on board so yeah there's uh, there's various ways you can catch some new Japan matches and see what all the fuss is about is that what we're doing we're fussing we're fussing. <laughs> well, what was your uh, match recommendation last week or last episode, Luke? All right. So I was quite happy with my pick this week. Uh, yes, sir. was uh, my first AJ Styles New Japan match versus Minaro Suzuki. This is the G1 Climax 24. One little thing nitpick that annoys me is the champ came out first. I hate that. Otherwise, eh. I don't have any complaints. So that's that's that there. The well, version who, is, I, who is the champ, Lou? AJ Styles is the IWGP go. champion. So uh, that that's pretty cool. Uh, the belt looks pretty good on him. So uh, I guess it would have been pretty exciting to watch New Japan at that time. But yes, I totally missed the AJ Styles era of Bullet Club. Uh, Kevin, I watched the Kevin Kelly version. I don't know if you did as well. Um, I really like uh, his kind of archival commentary. It's just him by himself, and he'll call the match, but he'll also uh, give you a bit of backstory and things like that. So he tells you a little bit about the points and how the how Suzuki and uh, AJ Styles have been going, and apparently that G1 was the last year that they did it in the way that they were doing it which means like people from both blocks pretty much wrestle every night until the tournament's over, which is not how they do that anymore because I think they were realizing that uh, their wrestlers were pretty banged up and fucked afterwards. So how they changed it from uh, 
after the G124, so from 25 onwards, it'll be A block on one night and uh, and featuring B block previews. And then the next night it will be A block previews and then B block matches. So this is quite a fucking grueling tournament in even in its current state right now. But shit, that would have been extra grueling as fuck back in uh, what was it? G1 Climax 24, I think it's uh, 2014. Yeah. So yeah, uh, man, that's this sounds crazy. Me just describing the idea of like A and B blocks just going at it all night every night. Poor motherfuckers, because they're all 30 minute time. Like every G1 match has a 30 minute time limit. If you win the match by pin or submission, you get two points. If you lose, you get zero. If it's a draw, you both get one. Uh, so, and both blocks usually have about eight wrestlers in it, and you it's a round robin, so you have to wrestle everyone in your block, and they're all matches that could take anywhere from, what, well, 30 minutes or less, right? So, yeah. it's some grueling shit, but... Uh, it's, it's a heavyweight tournament where all the matches are main event style matches. So, yeah. like, every night you're seeing a different style of main event style match between two different competitors and, you know, in the various blocks. And and if you're wondering, if you're out there, like, what the hell is the G-Mac, or G1, the G1 Climax is the ultimate tournament. You know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people think maybe the ultimate tournament in pro wrestling, period. Um, you know, but it's kind of the biggest tournament in New Japan, and it decides who is going to face um, the uh, the champion, the IWGP uh, heavyweight champion at Wrestle Kingdom. So there's a couple wrinkles to that, but that's basically what it is. Yep. And uh, it's definitely my favorite tournament, but uh, I'm a little biased because that's how I got into New Japan. I just jumped in right at the deep end at the start of uh, the uh, G127. And uh, here we are, you know, a couple of years later. Um doing a nerdy podcast about it. So that's pretty cool. As for the match itself, I thought it was fucking awesome. This is the only match on New Japan World that I could find between Minaro Suzuki and AJ Styles. At least, like, like I type both names in, AJ Styles versus Minaro Suzuki. This is the only match that comes up. Yeah. I am kind of gutted <laughs> because <laughs> I would have loved to have seen these two gentlemen uh, wrestle more. We've got some shenanigans near the start with uh, Taka Michinoku because he's in Suzuki Goon and he comes out with Minaro Suzuki. And of course, you've got Gallows and Anderson who come out to uh, equalize. And but you know, I'm fine with that. Both side, both guys are heels, so they're going to have a bit of backup with them. But it, most of the match is just these two beating the crap out of each other. And I thought it was a pretty fast-paced, hard-hitting kind of match. And uh, Suzuki gets a lot of torture in on AJ Styles. What do you think of this one? Well, I disagree about the fast pace. To me, this is a really slow, methodic pace, <sighs> which is how I describe AJ Styles in New Japan. I guess there, the match just blew by for me because I just liked it so much. So I guess that's what I mean by the fast pace. I was like, oh, it's over? Oh, fuck. It's, really fucking, good. it's an outstanding match. And, and one of the reasons why you don't notice that slow pace is because – 
uh, guys like uh, Suzuki and AJ Styles, the in-betweens, meaning the in-between the moves, they're always doing something. They're not just laying there. You know what I mean? So, But there was a lot of AJ Styles hitting a big move and just kind of walking around and playing the crowd and like resting for a second, then hitting another big move. Um, Suzuki like really went after AJ Styles finger and like broke it like a hundred times. Um, that was awesome. And then my favorite part though, was these ankle lock reversals. They did, uh, so they got each yeah. other, you know, in an ankle lock and then they kind of like roll through and this, they hit this like big, like two minute sequence of ankle lock reversals that ended in a styles clash it is fucking great shit, man. It's fucking fantastic. Oh, I love the Styles Clash as a finisher. It's 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 really cool. Yeah, uh, you know you know that Bullet Club is a heel. That must you know AJ Styles must be a real piece of shit heel when uh, the crowd is cheering for Minaro Suzuki to win, <laughs> <laughs> which they do. But uh, Styles Clash and AJ Styles defeats Minaro Suzuki. And I sigh because as good as that match was, I, I, um, I'm thinking like, oh man, I wish I had another couple matches of theirs I could delve through and uh, watch on New Japan World. But alas, uh, that was their only singles match together. Yeah, it's really good. And it's a shame. But at the same time, at least we had that. It's better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all, Luke. So, yeah. Thanks, Bogart. <laughs> all right. Now, your match, and I'll let you talk about it, but uh, the match is insane. Go for it. Uh, well, my recommendation was Ishii as the Never Open Champion versus Hanma from uh, February 14th, 2015, New Beginning in Sendai. Never Open title match. Um Interesting thing about this match that I'm sure you noticed right away is Hanma is fucking over, brother. I mean, he is yeah. super over at this point, and Ishii is playing the heel in this match. So it's a little different than what we see nowadays. Um, Hanma's offense is based on headbutts, so th- his fucking headbutts are super over. Um, and, uh, and one of the things I noticed about it this time when I watched it is that Hanma doesn't, he has a very limited moveset. I mean, even then when he was really, you know, top of his game, so to speak, he has a very limited moveset. And yet with all that, he still delivers in this match. Um, It's, you know, he gets the kick out of two top rope brain busters too. (laughs) It's just insane. What did you think? I mean, so, you know, Hanma is this goofy guy that comes out with a weird mask. That's like, oh, there's Hanma. And they just make fun of him. What did you think of his performance in this versus what you're used to? Uh, it's like apples and oranges, you know, night and day. It's it's amazing and also a little heartbreaking as well. Um, due to what will eventually happen to Honda, which uh, he suffers a broken neck. He recovers, but he hasn't recovered fully. So you see him wrestle now, and it's not the same. And it's it's a shame too because I like the guy I I always have. It's it's really hard not to like someone who's like just a shadow of their former self, but but wasn't their fault. You know, he's he's getting up there I guess in age, but he's also like a broken neck's a broken neck, man. That's that's fucked up. Like motherfuckers are lucky to be alive after that kind of shit. Like Hiromu Takahashi and uh, Tomaki Honma. Uh, 
I think uh, I think because of the injury that Jado caused, it was a match for Jado. He put him in a pile driver and it fucked him up. Um, I don't think Jado's done a pile driver since, and I think he's taken a very. Um, I don't. He doesn't wrestle anywhere near as much as he used to when I started watching New Japan Jado. So I think uh, it affected both men. And, you know, it is what it is. As as for the match itself that we're talking about, it's fucking amazing. They beat each other up into near exhaustion, dude. Uh, I love Honma's use of the Kokeshi in this. And we saw a little bit of that last night because I, I, I was telling you, man, he fucking uses his body like it's a giant battering ram and shit. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. And he did one of those moves last night on Sonata, but the, just the impact and the, the power that he had uh, was just off the chain. He does this one Kakeshi where Ishii's laying on the ground on the outside of the ring, and you just think, please don't do this, but please do it because it's yes. going to be awesome. Don't do it, don't do it. But, yeah, seriously, do it. And he does do it, and it, it was freaking insane. There's so many chops and suplexes, like mean-looking lariats and headbutts. Uh, the only nitpick I have with this match is what the fuck was Ishii's music, man? It doesn't suit him at all. It's I like this real big techno kind of banger, and I like it. It's a decent demon shit, but you see Ishii coming out, the stone pit bull. I'm like, I don't think he listens to that kind of music at all. That's bullshit. <laughs> no, he listens to harpsichord music, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that that was the, like, that was, they didn't have the... Who let uh, the dogs out? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't think they had the the rights to his music at that time. And I think that was the kind of, you know, that was what was in place to cover up that. Because they did that with Hanma's music, too, I think, um, if I remember right. But, uh, yeah, that top rope Kokeshi to the floor is one of the most insane things ever. And if you love this match, they actually had at least one other one that's a very similar match. It's almost the same exact match. It may be... Slightly better, slightly worse, but I think he does that twice in that match, the Kokeshi to the floor. It's just insane. Can you imagine standing, I don't know, what, eight, ten feet in the air and just falling on your face on purpose? <laughs> this is crazy. No. <sighs> it, like, I, I love it when I, I loved it. I love, loved it when I saw Daniel Bryan do those kind of flying headbutts as well. And, uh, you yeah. know. Um, I also enjoyed seeing uh, that asshole Benoit do it as well. But it's the kind of move I think, fuck, that looks good. Don't do it too much, please. <laughs> well, they like, do it into the ring. This guy's doing yeah. it to the outside. What the fuck? Fuck, man. But this match is, is never as fuck. But oh, too yeah, many, yeah. Too many brain busters. This is like textbook. You want to see why... Uh, uh, I love that kind of never open style. Uh, this is a kind of a textbook example of of that. You've got everything you like. Uh, they these matches never start slow with them circling each other and things like that. No, 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 no. This is an Ishi match, you know. So they go at each other right from the start. And I really like that because uh, like these matches, never open matches, are usually about twenty minutes, and that's because like towards the end of the match. They're probably not gassed, but they're they're selling that they're exhausted because they've just taken so many chops, clotheslines, power moves and shit that they're both all fucked up. So, yeah, I loved it. Uh, if you're 
if you on the New Japan World website, just type in um, Ishii versus Honma. You don't need to worry about their first names. The sur- their surnames are fine. Ishii versus Honma, never title is what you want to type in. Three of those matches will come up. This is the middle one, uh, but uh, I'll definitely be curious to check out the follow-up. Yeah, yeah, so they're all good. They're all good. So uh, yeah. I'm glad you like that. I was. That's one of the. Like I said before, that's one of the first like strong style, you know, never as fuck type matches I ever saw after initially seeing New Japan. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my god. And that's when I realized Ishii was awesome. That's when I got on the Hanma train. Han Mania was running wild, Luke. And um, this week though, we got some other recommends or this episode. What is yeah. your week? recommendation this week luke oh man i had to do some fucking digging to find this because i tried a different few different combinations sometimes you type in something on new japan world like suzuki versus aj styles boom that's the only match it comes right up or honma versus ishii never title and those three matches will come up and then sometimes you'll type in shit and you'll just be like fucking hell where is it can't find it and uh, this is around this is I'm, I'm telling you all this just as the intro to last night's show uh, starts because like I'm still trying to fucking find this match right I found it just before uh, the first match of the night started so I could easily kind of get in and watch last night's show but I found it finally uh, I've been this is probably the earliest match I'll ha- I'll have watched but uh, it is a match between Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima. It's in Ryugoku at, uh, on February the 20th, 2005. It's for the IWGP heavyweight title, which Hiroshi Tenzan has. And I think Satoshi Kojima has something called the Triple Crown Heavy Double title or something like that. The Triple Crown heavy title. I don't know quite what that is, but uh, there's a bit of gold on the line on both sides. So this is Tenzan versus Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I, I've i been on I think we've both been on a bit of a bread man kick uh, lately, and so I thought it would be lovely to uh, actually watch one of the high points of Mr. Bread's career. So... It took me a little while. Uh, I, I sent. I actually sent you the dis, like what they call the match. So, the IWGP Heavy and Triple Crown Heavy Double Title Match, Feb 20, 2005, Ryogoku, uh, Kokokiken Hall, whatever. So I can't remember the, the spelling there. Like, uh, Hiroshi Tenzan versus Otoshi Kojima. So if you just top, copy and paste that, you, you'll probably be able to find that, man. I haven't seen the match yet. Uh, but it's a so it'll be interesting to see because this is uh, both Tenzan, who you've been high on lately, uh, in his prime, versus uh, Mr. Bread, someone we're both pretty high on, fighting each other when they're a lot younger than they are now. I can't wait. It's uh, should be some fun stuff. It's definitely the earliest we've gotten. So. It can get be it can be a bit tricky, listeners, to find some very very old stuff, but it is there. It, sometimes, if you dig for it, and I 
dug deep and I found it. And that, that's my pick. Uh, what about you, Andy? What's your pick? Well, just another thing, too. If you can't find it on New Japan World, just search in Daily Motion. It's on there. You know, all this stuff's on there. There's like every match ever is on that, on that site. Um, so, uh, well, my, my pick this week is going to go back even further than yours because um, this is actually a free match that's on New Japan World. Uh, and I noticed it today and, and watched, uh, watched a little bit of it. And I'd seen it before. It's been a long time. But this is uh, from the first ever G1 Climax. And it's in 1991 on August 8th. It is Keiji Muto, the great Muda, versus Masahiro Chono. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to pick something that was older is because we have to start knocking out some of these, like, classic matches. And that's what this is. This is a classic match, um, you know, from the era when New Japan was kind of struggling a little bit. And so this... This match is one of the matches that legitimized the G1 and made Keiji Muto and Masahiro Chono as like top stars in Japan. So it, it's a it's a fantastic match. It's also, I mean, it is so awesome to see uh, the great Muto just move. I mean, like, because he's real slow and then boom, he's real fast. And you get to see... When you watch guys like him and, you know, guys like Ultimo Dragon and Chono and stuff like that, you start to see other wrestlers in them. And you go, oh, okay, I get why now why Pac acts that way or I get why, you know, where so-and-so got this move or that move. And so if you watch, uh, watch Mudo, man, he does a lot of shit that you see today. And he is a fantastic wrestler. So um, it should be fun to check this one out again. And, uh, you know, that's my recommendation for the week. It's free on New Japan World, or you can probably find it on other sites. Yep. Cool. And that's from the first G1 Climax. So that's way up my alley as well. Uh, I don't know. I've definitely never seen a Masahiro Chono match. So awesome. Now, I don't know if I ever saw seen a Keiji Mudo match or not. Did he... Um, did he ever come to the States, maybe WCW or anything like that? Or was he yeah. mostly a... So yeah, he was... Well, so it's possible. Yeah, both of them did, actually. Both of them worked oh. in WCW. Um, and uh, Great Muto worked all over the place. But, you know, Chono was actually the leader of the NWO in Japan, too. So, um, you know, he came over a lot, you know, to be on Nitro and stuff like that. But by that time, he was all fucked up. You know, by like the mid 90s, he had been injured so much that he just wasn't the same anymore, kind of like Hanma is now. And so this is in 91 at this at this, you know, match versus uh, the great Muda. They are both kind of in their prime and they both can go. And it is fucking awesome. Sweet. So there's a there's a good chance that I've seen uh, both men in WCW then uh, just to. It's just so listeners could think I'm like one of the lamest wrestling fans ever. Uh, I was more a WCW guy back in the late 90s. That's how I got into wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I kind of stuck with them until the bitter end. Uh, but but by the time they got to their bitter end, yes, I was still watching it. But, of course, like so many others, I'd jump ship uh, to the competition because they will just put it on better shit, I guess. That's just how it was. But um, when I get all wrestling nostalgic, you know, that, say, 97 to 99 era WCW for me is 
always something to look fondly back on, mostly for DDP and fucking the cruiserweight stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I got behind DDP big time. I thought he was cool. But, uh, yeah, so I guess I might have seen them in matches back then, I guess. I don't know. So I'm definitely going to treat this as, like, my my intro to both men, though, So which it effectively is, really. So I can't wait. I'm excited. Well, awesome. you know. You we know. both dug deep, didn't we, for, the, oh, yeah. uh, for our picks this week? You, you know, Luke, who else? worked in in uh wcw back in the 90s he's he's a guy we talk about at the end of the show every week oh in gato we trust never as fuck 